Welcome to the Coach Fury Podcast. This is where fitness and geekdom collide. It's time to live long, be strong, and die mighty. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 67 of the Coach Fury Podcast. It's our holiday episode, and I just wanted to have a fun chat with one of my besties, Jen Bartholomew. She's uh, a sister from another mister, and <laughs> this is one of the sillier podcasts, and I'm excited for that to be a holiday episode. It's a treat for everybody. Uh, before you get into the conversation with Jen and I, let's talk about some workshops coming up. So, uh, well, I just got back from Taiwan teaching the first HKC and RKC out there. Thanks to Elsa, David, and Esther from SoulFit for having us out. It was just an amazing opportunity. Uh, Lon, Alex for assisting, RKC team leader Patrick Heckelman for crushing it, teaching with me, and uh, got to spend a lot of quality time with John Duquesne as well. Taiwan is an awesome city. Uh, yet again, I was kind of in and out for work. Next time I go out there, I need to spend some time, but um, such a great place to hang out the little bit that I got to and have some amazing food. Uh, so what do we have coming up? It's crazy that... Uh, Workshop at the beginning of the year is pretty pretty booked up already. This is great. So January 13th, Original Strength Pressing Reset Workshop at MFF Bowery. Uh, we got a solid crew for this one. Join us. If you haven't heard about OS or haven't or, or been on the fence about taking a course, I got to tell you, time and time again, I see people come in, learn something new, move better in such a simple way Um there's, this is one of those workshops where, yes, it's great to practice stuff, but you'll have a client or something on yourself that you'd be like, I think that will help me, and it will. So come and check that out. Also, on January 26th at Milestone Fitness in southeastern Massachusetts, we have a DVRT workshop. February 3rd, just in, we have a DVRT workshop at the Brooklyn Athletic Club. Larry Betts' is amazing place in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. So those DVRT workshops, they're only 99 bucks. They are four hours long, and they are a beautiful introduction to the DVRT, Dynamic Variable Resistance Training System. And so you'll learn the systematic approach that Josh Hankins put together, but also get hands-on on the ultimate sandbag and what makes that unique and the perfect counterpart for that system. And where it might just, whatever you're into training-wise, where it might fill in some strength leaks for you. So come and check those out. The 100 bucks for those can be applied to a DVR course or CERT later on so please check those out march 2nd and 3rd the rkc comes to momentum fitness marco's place and man we got a, a handful of spots left for that it's almost sold out it's going to be a great course and this just in senior rkc annie vo another sister of mine is going to be teaching this with me and we have just a stellar assistant team for this one uh mike wolf brian mcmaster Hillary, Bol Hillary Bolmer and Marco himself, Guanillo, is going to be assisting. So just what a awesome education team for this one at a great location, New York City, RKC. And I haven't taught an RKC level one in the city this year. Mine have been out and about. So uh, I am pumped, extra pumped to teach this one. So come out for that one. March 10th, first HKC of the year in New York, going at MFF Bowery. Join us for that one. It's going to be awesome. That's where you dial in the get up, the swing, and the goblet squat. And if you're thinking about doing an RKC um, or you just happen to train people in kettlebells and not a super advanced level of, of 
of exercise selection, the HKC is really where I'm gonna help you, the curriculum's gonna help you dial in how to coach that stuff up and troubleshoot so you can find the best way for your people to uh, perform those movements uh, and maybe actually this is an important way to hold them back sometimes. So uh, come check those out. Bunch of stuff coming up in the end of the year, but it's the holidays. I don't want to bore you. Hey, Fury Industries, we're here for small group classes, personal training. Come and hang out at the Speakeasy of Strength. Um, you can get 40% off your first month of classes here, three-month minimum. And that's it that's going on in the world. Sorry, folks, I got distracted. Uh, we've been collecting some posters from various Comic-Cons and whatnot and uh, concerts and I just bought a bunch of frames from Michael's the other day, and as I'm recording this, I'm looking at them, and there's some G.I. Joe art, there's a rad quicksand poster I forgot we had, Jet Jaguar signature, uh, and a Mandy poster, and uh, oh, also a Sean Astin autograph from Lord of the Rings, so uh, sorry, it just made me extra happy. I, I, <laughs> this is all at the speakeasy of strength. I do love my home, and it is so good to be home after Asia. Uh, without further ado, let's get silly here. Jen Bartholomew and Fury talking randomness. <laughs> What's up? Legitimately what I was doing. Um, see, look, it's my unicorn. <laughs> and the unicorn <laughs> just scraped against the mic. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and it, it says it has my voice inside it, actually. I got it for Brian. Does he? Like for when he travels with it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, which he left it here. I don't know what that says, but also it's not like travel friendly because it's quite large. Well, that's the thing. It wasn't really a super well thought out gift because. No. <laughs> but you know what I did get to do? I got to go to Build-A-Bear Workshop and that's really what was important. I have to be honest. I, I used to, have, I've taken the kids there three times when they were younger and quite loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> you do end up picking out um, the out, yeah, trying to guide them to get like the Star Wars outfit or whatever outfit yes. you think is cool. Um, yes. And then you get to like pick its heart and like put it inside and like make a wish. And like, it's very like nostalgic and magical. I, I enjoyed the experience. I was the only 34 year old woman in the score by themselves without children, but I was not ashamed. <laughs> well, you probably weren't the only one. The other ones were hiding lurking. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not really a lurker. So but no, that. I would imagine, though, that that place probably has a high creep factor as well. Yeah, I, I would think so, just based on what it is, you know. Um, Sadie's first gift she ever bought Ben when she was, I guess, like two and a half and Ben was a newborn. or It was a, a Build-A-Bear dinosaur. Oh. And she re you can record your voice. And it, yeah. she, she said, I love you, baby brother. Oh my God, wait, hold on. Wait, let's see if you can hear this. Hello, babe. Ah, that's what mine says. <laughs> it says babe, not baby brother. It just says babe. <laughs> it would be really weird if you uh, bought one for your husband that said, I love you, baby brother. <laughs> that, I mean, you know, role play. It's a thing. Don't judge. Um, that's a creepy role play. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it is. That might but, not be one like... <laughs> but, shall, but shall we not kink shame? I mean, we know that all internet porn, there's something like, there's a category there. <laughs> this question can go so far. Right, and like, and like, it, and the thing is this, baby brother does not, you don't have to go super creepy with it. You can literally just go person younger than me. And it could be a stepbrother. There's a, a, like a wide spectrum of that. 
Uh, I think you just like got that shovel out <laughs> <laughs> and you're just digging now. Digging, digging the in the hole. Yep. <laughs> I'm just going to put it on top of me. I'm, uh, I'm very comfortable in my hole. Well, hey, I'm very excited to have you on the show. Uh, listeners, you're, you're talking to my, one of my best friends in the whole wide world. Um, uh, my bachelor party would have not been awesome uh, or as awesome without her helping guide from here as my best man lives in Costa Rica. Um, also dressed me for my wedding. <laughs> uh, and just overall, Jen's the best. Um, and this is so fucking funny. I'm so embarrassed by this. Uh, I'm going to say your last name. And then I remembered you corrected <laughs> me. And then I've completely forgotten the correction. So don't correct me yet. But I'm going to say, okay. I'm actually going to just say it purposely fucked up. Jen Bartholomew. Um, but I was calling you Jen Bartholomeo. Right. And, and how is it actually spelled? Bartholomeo. Bartholomeo. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I have been calling you, but well, not that you, we go by each other's last names. Even here, you're Jen B. Yeah. That's my name is Jen B for my entire life. So but, <laughs> Jen B, that's what my name has been. But like literally even one of my best friends. And then I only found out like what, like six months ago that I've been saying your name wrong the whole time. Yeah, that's true. It was about six months ago. And I think you, your, your face when I was like, yeah, that's not actually how you say my name. You were like, oh, how do you say it? I know. It, there's a lot of O's. There's a lot of E's. It's just a lot of vowels. It's fine. Do you like I'm the saying, meow, though? I think you should just roll with that. I, I know. I should change it and just say, this is how I'm going to pronounce it. There's a super, uh, super troopers thing in there, like meow. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jen and I met. Uh, she is a ninja at Mark Fisher Fitness. We met at MFF as I was a trainer. And then um, when I left MFF, Jan sort of <laughs> went on freeze and followed me here. Yep. Um, and, you know, look, one of the great things that I love to talk about this is, you know, sometimes distance, regardless of how good the coach is or how close you are, uh, proximity means a lot in terms of like access to the gym and I am fucking far. And Jen is one of those rare people that actually doesn't mind commuting. It just takes time out of the day. Um, and it didn't work out and I'm totally cool with that. And it was good that she never really got up the courage to like officially cancel her membership. Nope. Um, but I, I, I stoked on it because obviously like my main goal as your friend and as a coach is that you maintain fitness. So I thought that was cool, but I think that comes up, uh, a lot with people. Like I'm training a friend, uh, an old friend of Kim's who's now a friend of mine and, you know, I, I offer basically three classes. One's a foundations class, and then there's one that's a little bit more strength focused, and one that's a little more conditioning focused. Not not unlike MFF. Um, and but you know, it's all kettlebells. It's all like how cr crazily different are they actually going to seem? And he started after getting a, a baseline of taking this one foundations class. Kept asking which which one should I take. He commutes far. So I said, take the one that makes the most sense for your schedule. And, you know, I think that's like a big part of it. And I know for me, when I started uh, training before I knew any of this stuff, when I was just like a, a, an out of shape dad trying to become strong, I found the local gym. I don't know if it was the best one, but it was the one that opened at 530. And I just, it worked because it was close. Yes. I love the gym, but like, you know, I didn't have a trainer. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but it worked for me because it was close. 
No, that I completely agree with because I will tell you, I am not someone who loves the gym. I am a garbage person and I would rather sit in my bed and watch Supernatural and eat peanut butter and coffee, which is exactly what I'm doing at this moment. Um, but <laughs> we can true. spin that into some I, healthy fats and caffeine <laughs> workout. Yeah, we can, we can. But I will say, you know, part of um, you know, my, I hate using the word journey, but that's what it was like fitness journey, um, was the accessibility of where it was. Um, when I, you know, the, obviously Mark Fisher, the place being what it was, is this weird cult like situation with unicorns and glitter and tutus, which is, you know, if you know me very well, that's kind of my speed. That's kind of my thing. Um, but then also, um, you know, meeting you was life-changing for me um, because you were the first person that made me feel like getting strong versus getting skinny. So in my whole situation of like trying to lose weight and getting healthy and all of that, it was all for very like vanity reasons. And then I remember the day I met you, you walked into the Snatched in Six Weeks class. You, the Matt was the usual trainer. You were taking over that day and you were in a G.I. Joe green jumpsuit. And I went, holy shit, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> and you, and you literally, I was swinging, we were doing swings and you stopped me in between sets and you brought another bell over and you said, do that one. And I was like, it, and it was big because I was swinging like a 14 and you brought over like an 18 and you said, swing that. And I was like, no, <laughs> that looks too big for me. And I did it. And that moment was the moment that I was like, well, fuck me and skinny. I want to be strong. Like that was hard and I liked it. And I'm the kind of person that works really well under pressure. And so when you put me under pressure and you say, do that, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like fuck up in front of this person because he just challenged me. And I don't back down from a challenge because, you know, that's not who I am. And so I did it. And that was the moment I was like, I'm going to get fucking strong and I'm going to lift heavy. And I got obsessed with it. And so it was like, like a pinnacle is pivotal, pivotal moment in my, like in my uh, becoming healthy because it changed the whole mindset about what I was doing. And so that was when our love affair started. Yeah, I mean, I let's like, face it. Guy... Me was more than a pinnacle moment in just your health journey. <laughs> well, well, yes. <laughs> I mean, in so many it was, ways. It's kind of like meeting your husband, having yeah. your daughter, and then, and then me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is literally top three. I'm going to go ahead and put birth of daughter, meeting fury, husband. So uh... abo above him, above him. I'm going to say above him. It's fine. He'll be okay with it. He knows that. <laughs> Uh, well, I want to say there's a couple of cool things that, to, to talk about that. Because one of the things that I loved at MFF is that I think they've done such a good job, and it, and it happens at Catalyst as well, and it's something I strive for here, is that there is this proof in the results that lifting heavy doesn't make you fat, that thin isn't strong or healthy necessarily, that you can lift heavy and still lose weight, whereas there's all these common misconceptions about fitness in that way, right? Like everybody basically says, I need to get in shape. So they start running or right. now, you know, I don't want to take, I'm not, I'm literally not taking a pot shot at spinning or anything, but people look at spinning or, um, you know, something like orange theory or bar and they'll all work for a little while, but like overall rounded physical well-being strength, you know, yes. uh, quality of movement, um, you know, really looking at the big picture of, you know, 
not to get overly nerdy, but your squat, push, pull, carry, anti-rotation, anti-flexion, anti-extension, all that stuff that the programmers, which a lot of it at the time was me and Harold, um, you know, put into it. And, you know, the ninjas, yourself included, even if, if I didn't count you as one of my dearest, like just we created that environment of setting that up in the belief. And it would happen still, you know, somebody would be like, I get too bulky on this. And it's like, you know, we do certain people are prone to develop in certain ways, but the reality of kettlebell training is if you're going to get bulky, you need to fucking lift really heavy, eat a ton of food and do a lot of other (laughs) stuff. Yeah. Like barbell work to get bulky (laughs) on kettlebells. It's just not that type of, of build developer. Um, I mean, you mean I'm not going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger when I keep doing this? Because that's now my goal. Well, maybe if right? you go on the on the hormone, on the okay. I mean, testosterone. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it would help my voice. It wouldn't be so high, which I should <laughs> apologize for. You might end up going down low into like a Herman Monster <laughs> on the steroids, though. That's yeah. I mean, that's exactly what you know I'm but going I can, for. I can share uh, beard trimming techniques on that when the hair starts to grow in too. <laughs> I think I would look nice with a beard. You know, I'd it's be funny. So, lady. speaking of uh, steroids, <laughs> so why don't we just hop on this topic? Um, sure. So, the kids and I have been watching Rocky movies, right? Like, it's yep. it was, it's actually been super cool. I, I wanted to share something, you know, um, that wasn't necessarily. I know they're action films, but especially the first two, there's a lot of. I mean, there's heart through all of them, but especially the first two yep. were more like movie movies with boxing as opposed to just boxing montage movies. And uh, I was really proud of how they actually loved the first one and, and really breezed through the second one. And, you know, obviously, <laughs> I was waiting to see how they were going to respond to the fifth one, which is the shit one. And <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's really bad. I even tried to open, go into it in an open mind. I haven't seen it since it came out. And I didn't realize it's fucking 1990. Rocky oh, five was out. Rocky one is 1976. Like, okay. it's crazy, the timeline, right? Yeah. Um, so... You know, obviously, they all hated that. It's really bad. I would actually, listeners, you should go actually watch Rockies all in a row because they actually are really thoroughly threaded, tons of return cast, almost all return cast. Um, but then you see, and you start to see the transition when, like, in Rocky Three, Eye of the Tiger, we found a hit song. They go for it in James Brown and even bigger in, you know, Rocky Four. The best thing in Rocky Five is it's 1990. And I kind of remember this as a kid also why I didn't like it. But so there's still mullets, and I'll admit I probably had or was just transitioning out of a mullet. Tommy the Gun Mor- Tommy Gun Morrison has a mullet. Um, his son's trying to be a badass by having a dangling earring with short hair. <laughs> but the best part of that movie and why it really does—I mean, they force it down your throat too. The whole story arc, which I won't get into, I don't want to spoil it. But they're introducing hip hop. You know what I mean? Like, yes, so when you think yes, back when, it, yeah. when, when white people were trying to introduce hip hop in the, in the late eighties, early nineties, it was very Robin Williams, cross your arms, go word. Yeah. So every song is transitioned into a hip hop song. And it's, it's like, it all sounds like we got the power. Like every song is like, <laughs> eh, 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 rock is down the street. it's all like shitty shitty rap and uh, no diss to the bands i don't even know who's what artists are recording them but it's so indicative of like the worst case scenario for that (laughs) it's so bad did like you did you cringe for your children while watching it again because i do that like when i show felicia 
my you know, kid, you know, like movies like that? The, you know, the only times I cringe when we look back on certain movies, it, it's quite frankly, it's usually language where, you know, and I've mentioned this on the podcast and we might have even mentioned on a couple of our episodes where, you know, you look in Goonies and they say like fag. Right. Yeah, that, um, yeah. It also happens in in Monster Squad, and uh, there's like a there, there's also in Teen Wolf, right? Like these movies that in my head are like innocuous classic kids movies, but it's just a sign of the times, and it doesn't let them off the hook. But that's where I'm like, I think PC is actually pretty good. Like if we have that awareness, not to like because it doesn't. On one end, you could say, yeah, that's how kids spoke back then, and it's true. But on the other end, it didn't need to be in the movie to perpetuate that aspect, like that word. Or, or some other words that are used that doesn't isn't necessary to make that movie good, right? It just like it's it made it kept going. Like in, if we didn't use those words in pop culture, they would have died out. Yeah, like, and I don't mean that like a PC way. You know, with the way people will bash on Tarantino for the use of the N word, he uses it to a different effect. That I think it's actually I, I I feel like I understand his intention. I understand people that don't like it, but like it doesn't bother me that way because I think he is establishing it as part of the character. As opposed right. to just trying to be like, well, this is a sign of the times. Right, right. It's definitely, it's definitely used with thought and intention behind it. It's not just used for shock value so much. Yeah. So the cringe factor that came up with, there really was none other than we found stuff to like as a family to kind of laugh at. So Sadie now, my daughter, you know, uh, so in the first movie, literally, it's like you go back to, you don't you, like, like the warrior style Philly where it's like, <laughs> They're having, you know, it's a bunch of dudes doing barbershop, barbershop quartet around a burning garbage can. Yeah. Like, do, 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 take me back. So now Sadie and Ben are going around the house. And that actually carries as a theme through every movie. Like, <clears throat> I haven't gotten a creed yet with them. But from one through six, Rocky Balboa being part six, it's, that theme is always in there. So Sadie keeps going around the house that like, do, do, do. And the other one is in Rocky yeah creed goes don't you throw that towel in no matter what and they they all look at every character like creed looks to rocky no matter what rocky looks at the next guy no matter what looks at the next guy no matter what no matter what i actually i don't think it's a creed scene it might be with like adrian or whatever it's like there's just like, no matter what no matter what it's rocky four so the kids and i now <laughs> like i'll be like good night kids no matter what and they all do it now we all do it we all go like no matter what no matter what. Well, you know, I mean, as long as she's not setting trash cans on fire to sing around, I think those are all very healthy things <laughs> to do. Like, I'm the, just saying. The good old days. But going back to steroids, Rocky Four is the first time they've been introduced to what steroids are because Drago gets a nice needle in the shoulder. And I had to have this explanation of like, so they started like bashing him about steroids. I'm like, well, Rocky's on him too. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, like trying to like. You don't look like that at, normally. Yeah, not to like, uh, you know even make it look like they were anybody was doing anything wrong. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I was just talking with somebody, excuse me, I trained that, you know, if I could look like Stallone at 60 plus years, every time I get my blood work done for my thyroid, for my Graves disease, I'm like, just tell me my testosterone is low. <laughs> just let me get that legal uptick. Let me get the yeah, legal uptick yeah. now. I mean, I, I would bang him at 60. So, you know, like that's, he's I'm, I'm I'm throwing this out to make it real. I've reached out to uh, just a couple of, like, I don't want to say, like, big celebrity people for this podcast, but people that I'm a fan of, that people that know me would would know. But if any of my friends or listeners know Sylvester Stallone, 
Uh, he is the if I had uh, him and Henry Rollins would be the absolute tip of the iceberg dream guest for this show. So if anybody knows anybody, I'm going to actually try to find a way to reach out to him in the new year to see if who knows. Maybe it's one of those who knows moments, right? Right. Um, the fact that like one of the actors, of the Monster Squad, won't return my messages, you know, doesn't give me high hopes. <laughs> I mean, but. <laughs> Um, because I, I realized the kids asked me, they were like, you know, uh, who's your favorite action star, Stallone or Schwarzenegger? And they haven't even okay. seen many Schwarzenegger films. I think they've actually only seen Terminator and, and like Kindergarten Cop and Twins. And you know what? Like, I think Schwarzenegger might be in a couple of more of my absolute favorite, favorite perfect movies, like Predator and Terminator and Terminator 2. But in terms of like actual business, screenwriting, and, and certainly acting in the later years, it's Stallone. Well, yeah. Of course it's Stallone. Like, he is iconic. Like, they just... He doesn't... No one does what he does better than him. He's got the market on it. Like, when it comes to just the swagger and the look and the voice and just how he brings... Like, in Rocky, for example, if you fall in love with Rocky, like, it doesn't... I'm a person that I root for the bad guy all the time. That's who I am. Like, when I watch a movie, I'm rooting for the bad guy. That's like, why you like yeah. me. Exactly, exactly right. But like, because at MFF, I do come across like the bad guy. Yeah, but that's the thing. <laughs> bad boy, bad boys are hot. Like, why do I want a good guy? That's annoying, right? Like, uh, why? Why? Where the, were you in high school? <laughs> um, well, considering our age difference, I was like ten. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're breaking up. The podcast <laughs> is over. Well, no, but like, but seriously, so like in movies. You know, in Rocky, he is the the pinnacle good guy, like, with all the heart. And you just, you want him to win, and it hurts you when he gets knocked down. And, like, you know, normally I'd be like, yes, I want the Russian to win. I want him to kick his ass. And that's, but not in that movie. I sat there and was just like, when he runs up those steps, I was like, oh, that's amazing. He's going to do it. And it, like, fills you with hope. When an actor can do that in a performance, like, that's something special because you know not everyone can do it there, there's still moments in those films too like you know there's certain ones i'd say i've seen rocky three and four the most and then one and then two is always sort of aside from fifth i wouldn't it's not a bad movie i love it dearly but if i had to order it it would probably be like three one four two five not counting balboa which balboa i think would be before Five, but it doesn't do its service because I actually think Rocky Balboa is a pretty wonderful movie. Um, one of the things Stallone's done really well. Hey, this turned out to that we talk about Stallone. I know, right? Who knew that was going to happen? Not planned at all, everybody. Right. Um, <laughs> people ask if I have like like we sometimes have talking points and we'll hit on them, but like there's no real plan on this one. So yeah, but like on, you on, and I, yeah, on the but show, I mean, it's a conversation for better or worse, but. Um, one of the things about Stallone is he's really done some beautiful stuff in terms of like embracing his age and his roles, like in that, that Rambo movie that sadly is like 10 years old already. Yeah. That's like the second best Rambo movie. It is violent as yeah. fuck, like aggressively, aggressively yes, violent, but he's carries that weight of like, I've been John Rambo for 40 years and in Rocky Balboa and especially in the Creed movies, he's like, I've just had this amazing, but yet like emotionally devastating, physically devastating life. And it's fucking wonderful. 
Uh, I don't know where I was going with that other than Sylvester Stallone, if you're out there, if you're one of the, if you're one of the 250 people that listen to this show on the reg, it's our time. <laughs> and he reminds me of all the men that I grew up with in my neighborhood. So, you know, I, there's like a soft spot for uh, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn there. Oh, here was a funny shit. So we're watching, we finished Rocky Balboa. The kids are hoping that if we can get through Creed tomorrow night, uh, sorry, Friday night, that we can go and see Creed 2 so they can actually see a Rocky movie in a theater. Because okay. if anybody hasn't seen a Creed movie and is a Rocky fan, uh, stop being an idiot because they're Rocky movies focused on Creed, but like they're Rocky movies. It's the same timeline, it's not a reboot, it's all part of the same grand story. And so I'm kind of like very excited to hopefully make that happen. Though I feel like I fly to Taiwan for a week and then we're in the holidays. I'm like, we really need to just do nothing but see Rocky movies. And part of me is like, yes, yes, that is exactly what we need to do. <laughs> um, but you know, it's funny. One of the things that bothered the kids about Rocky at first, especially in the first and second one, is he talks so much and he talks in that like, hey, oh, uh, very much. <laughs> yeah. uh, would you like to very much so to marry me? Yeah. What is it like? Would you mind marrying me very much? Yeah, and so that's the one where they're like could he just shut up and then by three and four he shuts up and then the hard part is in five he's back to being like (laughs) but then in in six and balboa it's and 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 the last three it's so fucking charming it's like damn it's also you can go through this this is the only like weird thing in rocky movie so i totally forgot about this Rocky II, the big threat about the rematch with the Creed is that he could go blind in one eye. And they never revisit that again. <laughs> Just gigantic. The big dilemma hole. between him taking that rematch is that he's been told he could go blind in one eye. The eye that they had to cut the lid open on, he could go blind in it. So that's the big thing for Rocky II. Rocky III, eye fine. Rocky IV takes enough headshots that Rocky V, like... The membrane that separates the hemispheres of his brain are battered, right? I, yeah, I mean. And, and could be a thing. Rocky Balboa, 16 years later, that apparently is healed wonderfully. <laughs> <laughs> He's given it time. I mean, and also, you know, suspend your disbelief. Moving I know. Ahead. But it's just funny when, you know, because I know I saw Rocky three in a theater. Probably one of the first, actually, I'll say this. I can actually confirm. It's probably one of the first five movies I saw on my own with friends in a theater. No parent. Rocky one, it's, Rocky one I was four. Rocky two, I, I couldn't have been much more. I feel like that was like 78, so I was six. So I clearly didn't see that in a theater. It must have been like HBO because VHS didn't exist yet. But Rocky three, I remember get, uh, trying to sneak in and getting kicked out and then getting in again uh, at a later date. Um, so we saw those every like, you know, two to four years the kids got to see all that happen in a week basically in two weeks so you see those gaps that like they were like why do they keep playing funniest thing is these replays are annoying every rocky movie up till balboa starts with the replay because they all actually pick up immediately following the last movie which i didn't even realize and they're like they keep playing the thing i'm like kids you didn't have VCRs or video on demand. You didn't have streaming. So if you didn't see this movie for four years, uh, you might need a refresher as to where you left off. It's just crazy how those things are so different now. We're used to seeing 
retrospective montages at the end of things, like for the emotional pull, but being like, oh, wait a minute, I'm watching the first, the last five minutes of Rocky One and the beginning of Rocky Two. They couldn't understand it in a way. Like, why are they showing this shit again? <laughs> right, because they just saw it. But you, it was two years in between because movies weren't made as fast. No, and I kind of miss the, I miss the patience of it all. I do miss... On demand is wonderful in a weird way and binge watching is great, but I don't think we value even the greatness. Like I'll say I love certain shows. Like I love Ozark. I I guarantee you I fall asleep at least 15 minutes of every episode though. And I don't rewind because I know the story is just going to keep going on. Right. Well, because you can rewind if you want to, right? Because there. Because I I don't. I know, but you're not going to, but you have the option. So that's why you don't because you know you can. Because it's, it's not like when you had to watch, because like, for example, um, when you watch TV, right? So like, I was just talking to you about how I watched Supernatural. I watch Supernatural all the time. It's on Netflix, all 14 seasons, 13 seasons of it. I like to go to sleep to the sounds of demons and people screaming. It's fine. Um, but like, that, it's Kim does me. the same thing with Criminal Minds. Exactly. And, and, then I, and then wonders why she's pissy at me in the morning. I'm, I'm not pissy in the morning. I'm happy. That makes me happy. I don't know why, but it does. But like uh, when it was on television, right, you had to watch it. You looked forward to watching TV on a Wednesday and you were home and you sat in front of the television and you waited for it. And if you watched it with somebody, like it was an experience. And then you had to wait seven days to watch it again. And now it's at like the drop of a hat. You can like, I watched uh, the Marvelous Miss Maisel, because I think it's adorable, in two days. It's 10 episodes. I gave, I don't know, like 10 hours of my life to, <laughs> to TV in two days. I don't know if that's something wrong with me, but I also like fell asleep like halfway through one of the episodes. Did I finish it? Nah, I don't care. They'll talk about what happened because I have the next one right there. And it just, it makes like, it's good and it's bad. I love that I can, like, been, I just finished watching, um, the haunting of hill house which was amazing that show i it saw was, the first two episodes and then i saw the last 10 minutes it's it's so good like i have trouble with kid like I, i've mentioned i think we talked about yeah, this in the yes. stranger things episode i now legitimately have troubles with kids in jeopardy whether it's like uh uh like a criminal minds like hostage kidnapping uh, or a haunting. I just, now that I'm a dad, it's so weird how visceral I feel about don't fuck with the kids. Um, yeah, no. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. I'm not like on a stand like, we should not have this. Just for me <laughs> yeah. personally, it ups the ante. Like still, like we talked about it, on uh, about it. Like when Georgie's arm gets bitten off in it, I'm not seeing a scary scene. I'm thinking the real horror of a young boy that just literally had a limp bitten off and then is dragged underground and that's so <laughs> fucked up that i i internalize it but i guess that's what horror is supposed to do but until i was a dad i never felt it that direct i i always felt it about kids like that because i you know i watch a ton of horror movies um and i totally 100 percent agree i do not like when kids get killed in horror movies um i do not like when they're hurt um but like haunting i don't know that to me isn't doesn't affect me the same way, but I will say like that show was crazy scary for like a Netflix TV show. Um, it had some of the best jump scares I've ever seen happen on TV. And I loved the fact that I could binge that. I, but I thought about it and I thought, 
what if I would have had to wait to watch the next next episode? It literally Mm -hmm. would have been something that built the suspense for me and I would have been so excited. And it made me like go back and think about the things that I used to watch and how excited I would get for those days. I would look forward to a Wednesday. Like now I can just, if I'm watching it on my TV, when I walk out of the house, I can just turn it on my phone and continue watching it. And it never (laughs) stops. It's weird too. The kids are like that. Like they'll be watching, you know, my, uh, the kids, we've talked about this. The kids are going through a deep dive of anime, which it still blows my mind that anime as a subgenre is so mainstream because anime when when i'm gonna claim when i was younger um literally you had like a handful of movies and bootleg vhs tapes like you had fist of the north star nausicaa valley of the wind obviously akira which is one of the greatest animated movies of all time uh and then you'd have to go to like the comic book store and like oh there's robotech trail uh star blazers some of these things that were cartoons in the u.s that were co-opted battle of the planets but as a genre, you were limited. Like, I remember going to the anime section of Suncoast Motion Picture Video. Remember those places? Yes, and, I do. Uh, the anime section was, like, like one little, like, you know, little, like, area of a massive aisle of stuff. Um, and now it's, like, you know, Crunchyroll's an entire streaming network. Uh, Netflix, Hulu, thank you, or your Hulu account. <laughs> um, Anytime. Uh, you know, they're watching all these shows, and... I don't even know where the fuck I was going with it, but it's a weird thing where now it's not just like I found this show I love. It's how many shows can I find that I love? Right. That's the weird thing with TV and streaming right now is you, it's like almost like you can have the best worst binge watching ADD ever. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because at the same, but at the same time, I have to say like, there are things now that I can watch streaming that I've already seen. Like, for example, my favorite show ever, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, it's on Hulu. Like, that show, I grew up with that show. Like, she is my coming of age, like, hero. She was the second person in media that I went, yes, that's who I want to be like. She is a badass chick. First being Princess Leia. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Which I have to tell you something about that because I'm a little peeved. I was in the Disney store yesterday. And they Disney princessized her on a jacket. And I was like, don't do that. Princess Leia? Yeah. Oh, well, there's like, a whole toy line now. Yeah. And with I'm all not, the women figures. Yeah, but like, she's not as badass as she was. And now she looks like a Disney princess. And I'm like, don't do that. That's exactly why she was my princess. Because she didn't look like those people. So, because she wasn't helpless. But back to what I was saying, I can see, I can watch shows and I can pick and choose what episodes I want to watch. Because also, when you couldn't stream, you had to sit through the shit ones, right? So, like, for example, when Beer Bad came on for Buffy, I had to watch that episode. That episode is shitty. It's awful. But I had to watch it. Now, I don't ever have to watch it again. But I got to, I actually got to um, watch all seven seasons with Felicia. We sat down and, you know, I sat down with my kid and I showed her this. And I got to go through and actually, like, see her experience it as well. But I got to pick and choose. Like, she watched them all by herself. But I got to pick and choose the ones I sat with her on. And, you know, my favorite episode is Hush. Like, and I didn't even remember if that episode really existed or if it was something I made up in my mind (laughs) and how amazing it was. That's the one for listeners. That's the one with no dialogue. It has no dialogue. 
and it's genius and it's beautiful and it's petrifying. Um, the gentlemen in that are, the, which are the villains are like still haunt my dreams occasionally. And, you know, I got to like, just be like, no, we're going to watch this one today and like sit her down and watch together and, you know, have her experience the same thing I did, which was really awesome. So like, streaming is great for that reason that you know you can go back and watch things that you haven't seen in forever that aren't on tv anymore do you know what the first comic book to have no words was uh no i don't gi joe <laughs> of course it, I, you know i should have guessed that considering yeah. what your what your obsession i'm is pretty currently. sure that was the first 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 marvel at least first marvel comic no words it's a snake eyes episode so it's all about like stealthy ninja shit and snake eyes doesn't talk and i remember as a fucking little kid but that blew my mind, and I own that issue still from the when I was a little kid. That's amazing. Collective uh, sigh, everybody. Go, oh, yeah, isn't no. that cute? <laughs> See, I have a confession to make about Buffy. Well, two things. That story you just said about watching Felicia is adorable, but if you just change the context of I took her out of school and forced her to watch it, it sounds horrible. Um, of <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. hey, hey. Like bad parenting? But... Um, you know, I'm not going to claim to be a good parent. I'm oh, a funny you are. <laughs> Your daughter's <laughs> awesome. No, I am. I yeah. No, I, I'm actually really strict parent. I, I we <laughs> so I I met Jen's daughter for the first time. I I, I haven't done one of these in a while because they kind of came became our own like within our crew private events. But Films of Fury, and when I left MFF, we all went and saw uh, the the 2016 Japanese Godzilla film in the city, and and Jen brought uh, her daughter. And uh, she's like, fucking, it's like, when you meet a kid that's just so intelligent and friendly, I'm like, how does this even happen in your teens? Like, where's all the anger and the isolation? I, listen, I do not know. And that's the thing. It boggles my mind every day because I was, I'll be honest, I was the bad kid. I was terrible. <laughs> like, I just like, I was angsty. And I'm talking like Lilith Fair angsty. Like that's how angsty I was. That's pretty like, angsty. Right. It's pretty angsty. And, you know, and like I, I dyed my hair blue without my mom's permission. And I just had an attitude. And I gave birth. I grew probably the most polite, like wonderful child that has ever graced the planet. And I, and here's the thing. I would not, I'm not saying that because I'm her mom and like, you know, parents have like, you know, the blinders on. She's an asshole sometimes. She knows it. It's fine. But overall, she's just this great kid that's like super smart and, you know, wants to like skateboard and just hang out with her friends and be home by nine. And like, it's, it's insane. I don't know. I do not know how the two people that made her made that. I just don't. I really don't. And that's, I mean, she's awesome. And let's face it. And I feel this way with the kids. Like, nobody's never an asshole like everyone i mean right. it's like you know it's so funny like trying to reflect i went to a work party the other night it was it was cool i got to stop by mff bowery and uh which was uh it was cool to see carly wheels and uh sam hey everybody but i didn't know any of the ninjas that were training there except it's weird because i'm like there's still the window decal on the on the show so i'm like everybody's like oh i know you i'm like yeah sorry you know my nipple pretty well it's out there um <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to show it's you true. now. But I went, I went to this work party and, you know, everyone's like, it's, it's been pretty cool. And I left visual effects to become a trainer. And when, you know, it, when I haven't gone back right away, even though I do some work my, with my buddy Chase right now, um, that was like seven and a half years later and on my own sort of call, you know, to want to 
get back into it a little bit. And they're like, oh man, some people are coming up and like, it's just so cool what you do. And we see that you're traveling and blah, blah, blah. They're not even people that necessarily respond to my posts, but they're, and then I realized like when I'm talking to them, I'm like, I'm like a different person because I was so fucking angry and, and like internally like full of rage. And like, I still have some of that. I don't want to mean like, I have not met Zen Nirvana Fury yet. I'm trying though, <laughs> harder than ever. But it's, it was really weird to sort of have that reminder of, you know, these great people that I knew. It was so cool to see everybody, people that I'm like really affectionate for that I haven't seen in years, like some of them, literally eight years. And, uh, but then also like that re weird reflection back on myself of what I was like back then. And it was just even in training land, it was just, I was just so fucking different. Space, the TV show Space, one of the best TV shows ever made. Um, if, if anybody hasn't seen this, because I don't think it's as super popular as it deserves to be. Space was the first show with Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and Edgar Wright directing. And I'm, uh, Jessica, I'm, I'm spacing on her last name. Amazing television show it's basically like you know uh, a british version of clerks for lack of a better phrase but you can see like the genius of them and edgar wright together doing it only two seasons and uh there are there's they they move into a flat it's basically simon Pegg and this woman jessica have to um pretend to be going out to share an apartment they just met and the apartment says couples only and they decide to pretend to be a couple and they move into this apartment building. So it's all about the cast of the apartment and their friends. And there's this artist on the first floor named Brian. And they're like, what kind of art do you do? And he's like, mostly, like, I'm going to fuck this up. But it's like, it's always the same montage when he says it. Uh, I work in pain, anger, isolation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's pain is like him, like sticking his thumb with a needle. Anger is him smashing an egg with a hammer. And isolation is just like him, like gnawing on his fucking nails or something. <laughs> And I felt like that through a lot of my previous career and, and just life. And yeah. I, I don't have that same, like, I'll say, I don't feel like I fit in at all. I just think I'm like so okay without fitting in. Well, here's the thing. I don't think that feeling ever goes away, right? Here's the thing. I don't think anybody actually feels like they fit in. Yeah, I don't, because I feel the same way. And it's the same thing with, um, I think you and I had this conversation at one point where like you don't ever feel like you really grow up. Like what is, I don't feel like an adult. I mean, I know that I probably don't look like an adult because I'm like five foot tall. So, um, you know, I'm <laughs> like a thick child kind of. When did you That's move from shape. Shire into Jersey? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that was about five years ago um, <laughs> when I, after I got rid of that ring. But anyways, um, no, but I think that that's important, right? Like nobody feels like they fit in and you just take that and you, you, I think, especially have made it your own, right? But then it's all about, I guess, finding your tribe of people Which, who have the same things, right? Like who? I'm, the magic of MFF is is uh, even if we can't relate on a lot, you can relate on a little in, yeah. in an open way, in a non judgmental way, and that's what I think is lost when all this gym marketing about like judgment free zones and you know blah blah blah. Like it's kind of bullshitty for the most part. Yeah. But, you know, MFF is a, a wonderful example uh, where, you know, I, I didn't on paper look like a fit. And I took that going in as a very scary and exciting challenge because I didn't have a theater background. I had a film background, but I, I didn't have a musical theater background. I had never done the disco light show. I never used a fucking microphone. 
we barely like even used music in my old classes. Somebody, a client had given me a speaker that I would plug my phone into, but I was the only one doing that in classes. And we never used timers. Like everything was kind of like on the fly. Who's in the room at the moment? Let's do this. And suddenly to like sort of like not only like grow into fitting in, but to finding like my tribe within the tribe, which we all do. Um, and fucking being like on the window decals and, you know, Monster Island at Bowery being named and that, that being just part of the history of the place. Yep. It's one of the things that's so important to me that I cherish that I, 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 I completely stepped out of my comfort zone. I fully embraced myself uh, with the process there as I think, you know, like you did with your fitness and in your trust in me and us at the, at the, at the place. Um, and I think that's the only way you grow. And yeah. I think that's the weird one when you get fucking comfortable in a spot or frustrated. The worst thing is I think actually then getting comfortable at a spot is getting frustrated at a spot and just putting up with it. Right. Like that perpetual, I mean, your previous job, I, we don't need to go into that, but like when I <laughs> met Jen, she was going through like, a, a, well, it wasn't even when I met, it was like a year or two after I met you. Yeah was going through a rough thing at a gig and it was like it led to some some awesome stuff at the end of it but the people that like live in a job that they don't like or completely frustrated but like the money's there and the benefits are good and i'm not diminishing that but you might find the gig that's just better around the corner maybe not around the corner you might have to wait a year for it but like to just be like eh, i'm just gonna put out with it that's my lot in life you know, if I look, if we go back to Rocky for a moment, Rocky's had lots of ups and downs. Piss poor broke, breaking arms yeah. while kind of being told to break thumbs and then not doing it because he's a nice guy. Yeah. Then he gets super rich. Then he gets super broke. He opens up a restaurant and stays like moderate. I'm happy being moderate Rocky. I would like to have, you know, like feel like I can go on trips and stuff with Kim and make sure the kids are okay. But uh, I don't even know where the fuck I'm going on this rant. But I just think like uh, it's too easy to get comfortable and yep. just stepping out of that comfort zone. And one of the things that I love that I take away from MFF is that thing in Snatch where we say that how you train is how you live. Yes. And embracing that discomfort or awkwardness or, you know, uh, lack of, you know, I don't want to say just, I said discomfort already. Hey, uh, listeners, Jen's drinking coffee. I'm drinking whiskey and beer. <laughs> I had a long day. Um, <laughs> I mean, and, if I would have known we were going to have drinks, I also would be drinking beer, but I had a very long day at work and I needed a cup of coffee. Also, to relax and wind down before bed? Yes, very much so. I drink coffee all day long. I have a couple of addictions, caffeine being one of them. And then uh, eating uh, talcum powder is the second one. <laughs> yep, that's what it Watch is. Watch season yeah. three of My Strange Addiction. <laughs> It's, it's, it's episode six. <laughs> I need to go look up what episode that is now and see who's on it because you're going to give people the wrong impression of me. I have no idea. I've never actually seen the show, but I think I there's mean, somebody that eats talcum powder, yeah, which there is, is proven to be cancerous and, and, and should not be done. Yeah. Listener. There's also a woman who eats her husband's ashes. <sighs> yeah. That's a thing. She's addicted to it. But you know what's really bad about that? At some point, there's going to be no more supply. Yeah. 
What do you do? What does she do then? That's my question. It's funny. We I just made a fucking bunch of bad jokes about like uh, I was at Catalyst the other day and with with Joe Boffy, my buddy, one of the owners, and uh, you know they they have a, a lot of those fancy water bottles made with Catalyst logos. So the company that made it sent him like a free thing for the holiday, like a free thermos, like a metal insulated coffee thermos, but it looks like a fucking urn. So we went on like a 10 minute rampage of just jokes about somebody's ashes in the urn and how if you put it with your protein powder or your oatmeal in the morning, uh, you, you can get strong with your deceased member. I mean, it technically is still protein, right? Because we are, so. I think that's I just mean, we are a protein. I don't know. I mean, I think at the, at the point that you've been burned to ash, I don't, think, I, I don't think you got any nutrient. Well, excuse me for not being like the expert on human ash remains and the nutritional value of them. I don't think you need to be an expert on that. <laughs> I think you should. But, but now I kind of want to be. See, now I'm going to fall down that rabbit hole and see what Uh-oh. they're made of. Uh, friends of Jen, if you have the ashes of her loved one in your apartment, I would hide them the next time she comes over. <laughs> no, All I right. don't want to eat them. I want to know what they're made of, like what, what nutritional value is. That's so weird. Welcome to yep. the Coach Fury Podcast, where fitness, geekdom, and uh, mortuary sciences collide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about this, because we, when Jen and I were on, uh, we were talking about coming on the show. And folks, listen, you know by now, over the last several months, uh, I have made a very concerted effort to actually not make this a total fitness podcast, where occasionally we talk about non-fitnessy stuff at the end of the show like so we had more music guests more art guests friend jen's a friend we have talked fitness i think we're going to slip out of that now and and, and just be buddies and, and talk other shit and when we were talking about what are we going to talk about what is the one thing you said you were going to talk about the whole show I, I was talking about, no buffy i was going <laughs> to talk about buffy but we don't have to like there's so many things i love so passionately in pop culture you know this i mean the list goes on it's but Buff, buffy's a Big well, well, yes, but what do you want to talk about? I mean, can we? Do we want to talk about the humor? Do we want to talk about the writing? Do we want to talk about the character developments or how like progressive it was for a show at that time? Like, I mean, I can go on and on, but I don't know that many people would be super excited I about really, hearing that. I really wish everyone could have. I'm sure you've heard the passion in her voice while she said <laughs> that. But if you could have seen Jen's face and her hand gestures as she just went through that. It was, it was, it was Oscar worthy. I'm just gonna, <laughs> well done. Slow cap, slow but it was real. I don't mean Oscar like it was acting, but it was like touch. somewhere right now, Daniel Day-Lewis listened to the show with Stallone. They're having coffee while, uh, and, and they were like, wow, did you hear how fucking real that was? <laughs> and Daniel Day was like, yes, Stallone. Yes, Sly. It was real because it was real. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I have a confession to make. I have not seen nearly every episode of Buffy. I admittedly, in pop culture land, because I, I, I am older, so that's okay yep. later, uh, I love the idea of Buffy. I love season one dearly. But at that point, I was already like, kind of like, what year did that show come out? Like, 98? Uh, yes. I, that, don't quote me on that. Because I'm, I'm not go- sure. I'm but going- I do think it was... I'm going on to the computer. Listen to the typing, folks. <laughs> Listen to it. All right. So let's see. 
because the show came out 1997 yep pretty yep. damn close right so i was already in like that's the year i got married uh so just it seems weird to say a wife number one i mean uh, not the current one uh and uh you know, I was already like starting the workforce. So I wasn't really sitting down and I don't think on demand was a thing yet. So I wasn't really like locking myself in to see it. Plus major film nerd, two years out of film school, I was going to movies, watching that Laserdisc player, <laughs> bulletproof technology there. Um, I thought it was gonna last forever. Yep. And uh, so I didn't watch a lot of it, but I loved, I did go back and you know, I would, I would watch when on demand came on, I would go back and watch episodes and when it was originally on Netflix before it moved on to Hulu, um, you know, I, I would try to go through it. I love the season one. I love the idea of the show. Um, definitely had a minor crush. I'm more of a Willow guy than a Buffy guy. Um, but so I totally get it. Like, uh, it, it, but I also I don't want to come off like I'm opposing as a massive Buffy fan because I, I love the idea probably more than I've seen the original thing. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. I love you for it. You have minimal flaws. That's one of them, but it's okay. It's okay. I, I accept you for not seeing all of the episodes, but it's okay. I, I, I also am obsessive and will watch some of my favorite things over and over and over again. Like I have seen the Resident Evil movies, even though they are not great. I know this probably upwards of, I don't know, 25, 30 times each. Okay, so I've rewatched them largely because of you. And I will say that I've owned one of them on DVD. Yep. The second one is the best one because it's actually super fun and has good action, in my opinion. Yes, yes. The second one is the best one. And then I went back and I watched them and, 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 and I learned to appreciate the first one more. Yep. And then they all suck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. They're not like, good films. Not even entertaining. No. It's like... I... I, for lack of a better, like, I'm going to sound really dude here. It's like sexy ladies, short shorts, uh -huh. gun belts. It's, it's G.I. Joe plus for me with horror, but it's not even watchable on that front. No, absolutely. I agree with you 100%, but I love them for some reason. Again, I also go to sleep to them. So, you know, it's, there's something <laughs> about, I, I don't know people screaming that just relaxes me and lulls me straight off to sleep. But no, so Buffy, I know that you've never, not seen all the episodes, but for me, I mean, it was one of those things where I was right around the age where it was perfect, right? It was that coming of age. And for somebody who didn't identify with like the, like I didn't watch um, Saved by the Bell. I didn't watch like 90210 when it was on. Like I, I hated those things. In I was fact, a 90210 I, guy. I was a little too old, I think, for Saved by the Bell. But definitely, <laughs> I had two cats named Brenda and Brandon. True story. Okay, okay. We're learning things about each other that I didn't know. <laughs> uh, no. I'm going to say this. If this actually does relate for, for a moment, then I'm going to let you go. So I did see Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, in the theater, largely because I like vampires and largely because who was in it? Oh Luke yeah, Perry. yeah, yeah, Luke Perry was in it. Yeah, <laughs> and Pee Wee was, Herman. He yes, well, Pee Wee Herman was the best part about that film because <laughs> that was right as he was like nobody was talking to Pee Wee Herman because it was after right. the masturbating he, in a porno theater. Because right. what the fuck else are you supposed to do in a porno theater? That's my thing. What else are you doing? Also, why were you shocked that he was doing that? He's a man. He's got a dick. He was in a porno theater. What does he do? Oh. 
he gets off. Like, that's normal. That, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, he wasn't doing it in public. He wasn't doing it on fucking TV in Cherry. He was doing it in a porno theater. Like, that's where you do that. The hidden episodes of Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> he's, he's telling the TV to play porn. He's like sitting in Cherry. He's, he's like, sitting in Cherry. Him and Terry are getting it on. Yep. He's like, hey, put porn on. And the TV's like, I don't want to. Not again. <laughs> the word of the day is reverse cowgirl. Yay! Sorry, that would be too yeah, hard. That would be too hard. It would be the phrase of the day. Um. <laughs> hey, folks, remember when I said this wasn't going to be a dedicated fitness podcast all the time? Welcome yeah. to it. Also, welcome to conversations between Jen and Fury any day of the week. I know. There is like that line of like, uh, we shouldn't probably get a hundred percent honest <laughs> right well that's the thing my thought when we actually were going to sit down to do this i was like wow our conversations really aren't for public consumption and no, we're no, about no, no, to no. put it out there <laughs> i'm trying I, I am being mindful of it so yeah. i'm, I'm going to be honest um you know we mentioned pc stuff earlier right i'm a big believer in it but i'm also a big fan of, of a i emotionally handle the bad shit in the world by making fun of it Oh, absolutely. And I'm sorry, the, the beer and the whiskey, I'm like trying to burp. <laughs> it's, it's too much. Uh, there we go. Uh, Jen and I, and we have a handful of friends that it is like no limit humor. And, uh, right. And, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like on the podcast, like as much as we want to be open on ourselves, like um, I, we could probably both lose our jobs based on some of the stuff that we right. were laugh at. Well, I have to say, I think you should be very proud of me. I haven't brought up pegging not one time. Except for, except for just then. That's one. Just saying. I'm not going to give any context <laughs> to that. There's literally no context behind that phrase. I'm just going to put it out into the world and let people assume. It's yeah. Um, yeah. Take a poll, <laughs> listeners. Is, when Jen mentioned pegging, is, do you think she's A, talking about a sex act, remember genre categories like she mentioned earlier today, she mentioned earlier today, or B, is it the stand used and the method of having a G.I. Joe figure stand upright without falling over? Hmm. Because I you, also collect action figures. Yeah, so you so decide. You don't know. It's like, the ending of, it's like the ending of uh, The Sopranos season finale. You don't know what happened. <laughs> We're going to let you take a poll. Let us just, know what happened. Just screen to black. But no, so <laughs> that's what, yep. That's that's me. Uh, I'm also, I think, probably your most vulnerable. Hold on a second. Friend. Hashtag pegging. Yo, Joe. <laughs> or oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's that happened. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I was like saying, I think I'm probably your most vulgar friend. So I am on my best behavior right now. So. Uh, I don't know if we're necessarily on our best, but we're we're well, we're, we're being us with with restrictions, which is with, realistic. Which is good. Which is um, realistic. But yeah, so back to what I was trying to say is, you know, I didn't like any of those like classic teenage things, and then this show comes on, right? And it was I saw the movie, right? The movie was fine. Um, I don't treat them as the same thing. I treat the them movie's very, not really good. It's, it's really well, not. It's not, good. it's not a good movie. We've rewatched like, that too with the kids, and 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 it's just it's it's unfortunate because Joss Whedon was somebody 
I don't even know how I had already heard of him at the time because clearly his name blew up with Buffy. Right. But I remember being like so excited about this movie um, just because I like the horror genre. I like comedy. Christy Swanson's, I'm going to be just completely dude about it. It was like really hot and uh, Luke Perry and Paul Rubens and Rucker Hauer. I mean, fuck it. Yeah. I love Rucker Hauer, right? Yeah. So if we're going to talk about like dudes and great movies, Rucker Hauer, I just went to WinterCon a few weeks ago with the kids and he was supposed to be there and, and, and somehow canceled beforehand, but he's like a legend. So I was like, it's a lot of elements I was looking forward to seeing that movie. And I, I remember in the theater more so than in, in TV being thoroughly disappointed. And, and I think the reason why I'm not disappointed now is because like, I just don't have any expectation of it. Yeah. Cause it was like, for me, it's a separate entity, right? It's what's what started the idea. But then the show comes along and it, me being a, you know, a teenager, weird, feeling weird. I got like bad skin and weird hair and I wear clothes that don't fit. I don't have the greatest fashion sense. There has been improvements in this now, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot cuter now, I think. Um, less blue vinyl, but you know, still, you know, I'm okay. Um, but yeah, seeing her and thinking, wow, here's the first person that I'm seeing on television that I, I can like connect to. Um, there's magic course. You know what I mean? I saw the craft. I wanted to be a witch. It was a thing. Listen, I was a teenager. It happened. Um, we all go through a phase. Mm -hmm. Um, you know what I mean? There was magic. There was vampires. My favorite thing to do was watch horror movies. So now every week I got to watch a mini horror movie. And then at the same time, see these people grow up and deal with very, very common issues, right? That, you know, kids deal with, teenagers deal with, but in a safe place because there was a supernatural element to it. And have the, the person that was the badass that had all the power be a girl, right? Be a girl. Like, holy shit, a girl can be the hero. It doesn't have to be a guy. That to me was life-changing. And then it was funny. It was funny and the dialogue was great and everybody's like speech patterns were amusing and, you know, and there was a lot of gray area in people's personalities. You're not good or bad. And it was just, there was an hour out of every week that I could sit and just kind of escape to this realm, but still relate to things that I was going through, right? And then, like, hell, then years later, you're watching it, and there's, you know, like, I, I remember watching the episode where not, because I'm, let me be very clear, I do not ship Buffy and Angel. Angel can screw himself. I'm a Buffy Spike person. Again, bad boy theme runs throughout. <laughs> um, just saying. Uh, James Marsters, I love you. Um, <laughs> Uh, but the first time they have sex, it was like a, whoa, oh, like, and you'd get that like weird teenage feeling where you're like, I'm watching something I shouldn't. That was, that made me feel funny. And having that moment of like, oh, okay. And so like, I experienced a whole slew of things, um, watching that show. And it's, uh, I think my sense of humor was shaped by it. And my general (laughs) feeling of being a female and being like, no, screw you, I'm powerful, I have my power. And I remember, like, season seven, the last episode, I don't do this because I don't like to admit that I have feelings, but I cried. I cried when they all became <laughs> slayers. When, the, when every slayer was awakened in the line, I cried because I was like, yep, that's me. There, that's part of every little girl got woken up then. So that's my rant on Buffy, just saying. It's, it's, it's a perfect show. 
Well, I think, I mean, it, it, it's an interesting in retrospective time too. It's when we talk about how things have changed. We're in a, a weird spot now with binge watching TV. And, and one of the reasons why it's there is it, it's TV in a way as big budget movies have sort of taken over films. Like people don't go to indie stuff like they used to. No. There's still some breakouts. <laughs> we just don't. Myself included. I sometimes feel like such a douche as a guy that went to film school and he used to go to all the little indie films. Um, I, I generally go and I see the big stuff with the kids. I speak him and I right. were some, some rando indo, in, independent stuff. And, but the writing level of Joss Whedon, it really let him shine. So yes. there's a couple of things that I do love about the show. And I'm, I'm really glad is like coming off of hating that movie. Well, I should say hate it really being disappointed by that movie. I don't hate it. I was just disappointing. Um, <laughs> to be able to reinvent it the way you know he wanted it to be presented, right? So originally he wrote a script. It, this was the interpretation of a script. That's just how it goes in Hollywood. And then he owns it. And it's fucking very smart. And it's smart on so many levels because, like, somebody could, who feels like they're not fitting in can feel empowered, yet the women are still intra- attractive, but it's not just playing off of their looks, too. Like, right. they're powerful and they have purpose and they – Still don't necessarily feel like, and part of the whole Buffy thing is, is, is that she was supposed to be like, you know, like the quintessential popular girl who is not, right? Like, is that safe to right. say? Like, this yeah, no, removes her completely is, from that. And that's the thing is she is stunningly beautiful high school teenager, you know, wanted to be the cheerleader, but is an outcast. Even her, looking at her, who you would look at like somebody like, 15-year-old me would look at and be like, oh, wow, yeah, I could never be like that, is, feels the exact same way. And there was, there was that message was like, no, we're all the same. Like, we're all going through the exact same stuff. She just has to kill vampires and save the world, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny thinking about how I mentioned I'm a Willow guy, because, like, even in the underdogs, I have to play the underdog in the underdogs. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right? Like, I'm always, like, fucking related more to, like, the dude who played Booger in Revenge of the Nerds. Um, in, be- in like Better Off Dead. I'm like that guy in Better Off Dead. I don't want to be John Cusack in Better Off Dead necessarily. Right. I want to be that guy. Right, exactly. Yeah. And and like, but even like Willow, right? The the smart girl, you know, that she also is powerful in her own right. And yeah. every, like that's a huge theme in like season seven of that show is that everybody has power because there's a huge storyline with Dawn who was her magical entity sister um, that shows up in season five um you know that everybody's has their own power and does their own thing i mean xander even saves the world and he just gets the funny syphilis all the time but you know yellow crayons and such it's like the hip-hop music in rocky five yeah i brought it full circle folks hey (laughs) it's taking me over 65 episodes to get that good at fucking bringing a conversation (laughs) <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> I will also say I love when something like 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 again Buffy turns around and makes something awesome out of something that wasn't awesome. It's like yeah. Ministry's first couple albums that were like very like new wavy soft, and then all of a sudden they come out with a mind is a terrible thing to taste, and you're like holy shit. Um, the real thing, which was an amazing Faith No More album, but like you know singer Mike Patton's rocking like pajamas on stage with the crisscross hair, and he comes but they come back with Angel Dust. Real Thing's a great album. I'm not dissing it. It's a fucking stellar album. But they come up with Angel Dust, which is like a complete 
hard hitting 180 from where they were going as opposed to selling out. Like, I just love that shit. Um, so I think I love the idea, like, like how I mentioned, I, I love so much about Buffy having never really gone through it. I will say you mentioned angel. The, the, the subtle thing that I kind of love about that dude is you know how they're like successful television shows that are huge hits, kind of like Garth Brooks. Like you and I will never have invested time in Garth Brooks, yeah. but he's like the highest, one of the highest selling live acts ever, right? Yep. Performers ever. Like that dude, Borneas, Jason Borneas, Michael Borneas? David, David, David Borne. How do you say his last name? I think it's Bordizan. Bordizan. Yeah. It's got a Z in it. Cortisone? <laughs> Kidding. So, anyway, yeah. All right, buddy. I, I just want to say, if he's listening, <laughs> suddenly after, <laughs> somehow the world is, tw- I, I would imagine Twitter's on fire right now because I, I mentioned that I want to own on. Um, it is, I, I'm actually like excited for that dude. This is a really weird one because he ends up as a character that becomes a big hit on that show, ends up in his spinoff. I've never yeah. seen an episode of Angel. Right, never seen an episode, but has managed to go on from like Buffy, Buffy ends, Angel goes on, and into Bones. He's been working nonstop, and now that's he's doing like an ABC show. Like that's kind of fucking awesome. So I'm stoked for him. Like he's just managed to like have an incredibly successful long term career, kind of like Allison Hannigan. Yep. Went on to the American Pie movies, and then in um, How I Met Your Mother. I don't know what she's up to now, but like that's fucking rad. Um, I will say this. The only thing I don't like about... I'm going to fuck up this again. I want to say Gordazone now. <laughs> <laughs> is He is in like the Crow 3. And that oh. with, with Ed... Oh, shit. Not Ed Norton. Who was the kid from uh, Terminator 2? Edward... Shit. And you froze. Can you hear me? Oh, you know what? No, I know what, you know what I think what happened. I think my internet in my house, it's back now. I'm good because my TV's on and my Roku restarted. Yeah, folks, awkward pause in the show. I'll edit most of it out. But Jen uh, took a tweet from a Stallone fan. <laughs> <laughs> Named Allison Hannigan. I'm kidding. Yeah, I have, uh, I have like 12 followers on Twitter. I don't actually, it's the one... Uh, <laughs> And, Social and, media site I don't use. But in the break, it was Eddie Furlong. I remembered on my own because I'm a film nerd. And uh, yep. Eddie Furlong, I think, is the is is the, is in that Crow movie, and and Angel plays the bad guy because now all I can think of is his name as being uh, David. That's Cor- fine, it's David Cortisone. Yeah, that's his name. It's and I fine. don't mean to disrespect that. It's just I just can't remember right now. Uh, but yeah, that's me, not him. Uh, but yeah. Um, so that was that on Buffy. We did it. We did it. Oh, I, I don't know who's going to enjoy listening to me talk about Buffy, but I hope somebody does. Uh, folks, comment, share, hashtag <laughs> pegging Yojo or oh no. Um, if you like this episode <laughs> of the Coach Street Podcast. Uh, and on that note and on that phrase, I should add this is the holiday episode. <laughs> Because this will come out Christmas Eve. <laughs> Yay, baby Jesus. Uh- this, this is one of those weird episodes where we're recording it before, um, 
you know, in advance of me, I'm going to Taiwan on Sunday night to teach for a week. And we're recording in advance because when I come back, I'm just going to be barely awake enough. I I land on Saturday night. I'm going to have this thing ready to go. So it's always weird. And I almost feel like I'm uh, like, I'm going to record, have this show ready to rock and go out without having been back. Right. Whole massive trip will not have happened. Um, So I always feel like that's... What a gift. What a gift this will be to the world on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, for my fellow Jews on that half of the tribe, I'm half Jewish. I'm a, I apologize that this couldn't have been not a single one of your eight nights of Hanukkah. That's, that's unfortunate. It's an, it's an unfortunate thing. We, we really missed an opportunity there. Yeah. We could have had like eight nights. I don't know. I'm not going to make that joke. That's wrong. <laughs> Just saying. I respect all religions, um, but yay! <laughs> what, a, what a gift! What a gift this is to the world! I'm so happy I'm the Christmas episode. Yeah, I wanted to. So uh, yes, so folks, uh, by the time you're listening to this, I am sure I have had a amazing time in Taiwan teaching in HKC and RKC over at SoulFit. Uh, I am sure that if you were to find me in my apartment uh, Christmas Eve, I'm probably still extremely fucking jet lag um i'm literally will have i I will have flown in uh about a 20-hour travel day from the moment i leave my house to the moment i get to the hotel uh spent three full days teaching courses and then flown home the next morning so that i could be home in christmas and uh you know what it's fucking worth it because i love it but i've also admittedly been stressed out this week um which is now two weeks in the past uh, just trying to get all my sessions in, all my programs out, because uh, I'm, I'm not going to have any time to do any of that stuff while I'm out there. Um, I even got a new computer finally. Uh, folks, patreon.com slash coach for your podcast if you want to help pay for my computer. Um, half kidding. Uh, <laughs> but I even haven't had the chance to set that up properly because I've been too busy on this other stuff. I'm, I'm afraid to switch laptops. But it literally weighs this, com- this computer that we're using for those podcast listeners is... Um, Shit, so over six years old. And so it's like, you know, it's a MacBook Pro, but it's like, you know, over five pounds. The freaking new Pro, same size, three pounds. I learned recently that the weight of a computer is very important because I, well, I shouldn't say, well, she won't hear this. I just purchased one recently. <laughs> well, it's Christmas. She'll hear this on Christmas. She'll have it. Oh, fantastic. Day. So it'll be fine. So, hey, yeah. you hey. got a computer. <laughs> Ask your mom what pegging, what she meant by pegging. <laughs> I'm just going to tell her to Google it and just let all the results come up. Uh, don't look at images or video. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, so uh, it's just been a very crazy week. And when the kids have been here and, and they're back here on Friday, um, I, I want to make sure I'm not working through that stuff. So, uh, Well, of course, because it's Christmas. <laughs> Can you believe it's like I'm telling people like 29, like Jan, I will, we'll do stuff in January, like booking guests for the show. I'm like January. Yeah. In and it two, seems so far five. away. Yeah. yeah 2019 yeah. is upon us. Yes, it is. It Let's is. talk about it before we go, because it is a holiday episode. Sure. Um, two questions. Is Die Hard uh, an action movie, a Christmas movie or both? And um, the second question is, do you have any, I don't want to say resolutions, but do you have any goals for 2019? Die Hard question, First, go. Um, 
It is both. Absolutely fight me about it. Um, and then two uh, resolutions for the new year. Um, yeah, I actually have been thinking a little bit about this and I'm really going to try to um, not be as anxious over little things. I'm not going to let, like, I know this sounds cliche, but like sweating the small stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. don't sweat the small stuff. Um, I do. I, I overthink and uh, I don't want to do that this, this coming year. And uh, I want to try to, you know, focus my energies where they need to be focused on getting better. Uh, my daughter going to college, which is insane. Um, graduating high school and going to college and, um, you know, uh, just generally making myself a better person with less stress and uh, less anxiety. So that's my resolution. That was quite adult of me. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so. um... It is a both a Christmas movie and an action movie. Uh, I fully agree. Uh, and for me, I have a lot that I'd like to do. I would like to see the class program grow here. I've recently had a bunch of new uh, personal training clients, and they're just awesome, and that's great. But similar to like people finding their tribe, like the people that I have in my class crew are that. And in in a way that has so far exceeded my expectations, but February will be a year of me teaching classes here. And I'd like to see it grow because I think there's something really cool here. Um, And I'm not saying that as a, a selling angle folks. I'm saying that as like somebody that's been at some great gyms and has struggled with, you know, how do I want to structure my life? Cause trainer life is like a little all over the place. And, uh, when I see these people interact, I'm like, fuck, it's happening here. And then when I see, you know, I just recently did a workshop for a bunch of women from a studio that are coming through the RKC from Uplift. And when I see other trainers come in here and what we do here uh, in my fucking living room, you know what I mean? Like, I get to set this environment where like, yeah, it's weird. That's fine. But it's fucking also like fully hopeful, right? It's, It's like, there's no... I don't know. It, it's it's funny, folks. You can call me out on this with the Godzilla shit and the GI Joe is a gimmick, but it's shit that I I fucking love. Um, if you think posting vintage GI Joe figures is a big marketing angle, you're fucking ridiculous because it's probably turning away people um, more than it's bringing in. But I would want the one person that would be like, "Holy shit!" And uh, we should say too, Jen was there. We were at Comic Con together when I got my first GI Joe, like. I, I, I don't know why I haven't been collecting G.I. Joe. I think part of it is because the line got so fucking overused and reissued over the years. And then I was like, you know, I would talk on the podcast about Godzilla toys and say how G.I. Joe is my favorite toy line. I'm like, I have no G.I. Joe toys left. I had like three things from when I was a kid. And we went to Comic-Con and within 20 minutes, I literally grabbed my Grail toy with Jen. Yep. Yep. Uh, we did. That was... 1982. Complete original stickers vamp version one jeep with clutch 83 clutch because it's got the swivel arm aka 1.5 clutch because i know that (laughs) shit Um, you do and now within a short two months (laughs) the collection's grown (laughs) i've got like fucking like i don't know 11 vehicles and 
18 guys now. I Well, I need to come see your G.I. Joe collection because I was there for the first one. I've seen pictures of second and third, but I have not seen the full thing. And you know how much I love the Godzilla collection. Well, I think we are leaning on the New Year's Eve party. So for that. Okay. Hey, listeners, one lucky listener might get invited (laughs) to our New Year's Eve party. I'm kidding. (laughs) If you're a friend of mine. If you're a friend of mine, I, just yeah. come. If we have one, I'll post it up. <laughs> you're like, we're just, just come. It's fine. But if I don't know you, um, you give me a five-star rating on the podcast, become a patron. Yep. I'm kidding. I'm fine. It's not going to be for the public. Uh, but yep. anyway, Jen, do you have any final comments for tonight? Do you want anybody to lurk on you on Facebook? <laughs> I mean... Uh, no, because I'm really boring on social media. I don't, I don't use it. I'm a creeper on social media. I just like scroll through everybody else's stuff. Okay. So any final words so, or don't follow her on anything. This is going to be easy show notes. <laughs> right. Don't follow me on anything. Cause I don't do anything. Um, no, just, uh, yeah. I mean, thank you for being, uh, the badass that you are. Um, and, uh, happy I know you. Oh, likewise. Uh, so, I love you and I appreciate you. You know that. Love you too. You know, that's, that's, that's all there is to it. So there you go. And uh, yeah, listen and subscribe. Like, and five-star rate this shit. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that, that was, hashtag, that, folks. That was my G4 girl fantasy coming to life. Just saying. That was really good, Jessica Chobot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having the hardest time. Like, so they're all like nerdist folks now. And yeah. I just saw this thing like interesting facts revealed from Spider-Man far from home trailer. And I'm like, Oh, Spider-Man far from home trailer. No, they're like pondering on the footage shown at Brazil comic-con without having seen it themselves. Like how much of a fucking stretch do you need to try to prove or make a story up about some shit? Sorry. That was a vent. Show yeah. me the trailer or give me an informed thing as opposed to like, this is what I think. And let's yep. it, it's the writers behind you that are trying to find this shit out. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think like that's a great, that, that's it. Like, uh, Tell the listeners to die mighty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, guys, die mighty. Oh, Hell yeah. Ellie, and if the apocalypse comes, beep, beat me. Wait, what? If the apocalypse comes, beat me. It's a friggin' Buffy quote. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> they're going to start looking at another fetish category. Well done. <laughs> hey, you know what? Any way I can help. Any ending, way I can help. Ending on that note, after a blue vinyl comment, you're good to go. <laughs> hey, listeners, from, from Jen and I... <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. <laughs> good night, everybody, or good day. We're talking at night. Anyway, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. The Coach Fury Podcast is created, owned, and produced by Steve Coach Fury Holliner for Fury Industries, LLC. Music provided by The FTW. Visit the FTW.NYC for band, tour, music, and merch info. Artwork created by Glenn Gurrieta. Visit glengurrieta.com. That's G-L-E-N-N-U-R-I-E-T-A. Or follow him on Instagram at Glenn Gurrieta. Voice over by Laura Palmer.